call to us all to join the tzibur. That's the shekel, the call of the shekel. Yiddishkeit, we're not, we're not people that remember the past. We're people that understand that Tyre is alive, that Tyre is relevant, that Tyre not happened is happening. And we're not reading the Shkalim as a relic of what was or even what will be. The Shkalim are collecting karbanas for the tzibur, our recognition that we're part of a tzibur, that we belong to a klau, we belong to a tzibur. And in our own lives, our own journeys, the more we connect to the tzibur, to come together with friends, with other people, I'm part of a beautiful nation, I'm part of a people, is very, very powerful for a Yid. This is the introduction. We're headed from Parsha Shkalim straight to Pesach. And Pesach's the formation of our people. And really the opening call to Pesach is Parsha Shkalim, is this week Shabbos. And Parsha Shkalim says I'm part of a tzibur. And we give a shekel as part of a tzibur for Karbanas tzibur. And it's very relevant today. And to me that there's a chabura that gets together, but just gets together tonight to talk to very Torah. But the fact that we're part of a group, we have friends, we get together, and we're mechazik each other, we encourage both smiling, talking, the equal importance of the gathering, I feel bad stopping, there was good schmoozing, it could, could be, I, I'm usually better at being late. But, but the, the, the getting together and giving each other chizuk, and getting together certainly and talking to very Torah and talking in Yanei Chizuk is something that's so important. And certainly when we're in schools, we're in Beis Yaakov, so we're Zaycha, we have that in an easier way. And then we go to seminary and we have that as well and later on it gets more difficult. My mother, till today, my mother's involved in a group of Nashim Tzedkaniyevsky. My mother met Reb Tzedkaniyevsky to describe what she's doing and they get together, a group of Tzedkaniyas get together every morning. And they pray together, and they mechazek each other, and they study, and they learn together. But people getting together to give chizuk, to give encouragement, is precious and worthy of making an early Abdullah and running to join. And if, if I can help be mechazek such a thing, then it's kedai. This is something to grow remarkably. You're only allowed, I, I've only made personally Erev Tchumen once in my life. I had to go somewhere. An air of Tchumim is something people go their whole lives never building an air of Tchumim. One time I was Zeichah. It happened to be with my dad. And we were Zeichah. We needed to walk somewhere. We put down an air of Tchumim. Otherwise we wouldn't be allowed to walk. But the rule is you're only allowed to do an air of Tchumim with Mitzvah for a Mitzvah. And the Grah says that friends getting together to chat is Litzarech Mitzvah. The Grah. The Vilna Gain says that friends getting together to encourage each other, to, to, to shmuz. That's called the Tzayrach Mitzvah, of course. And you're allowed to put an air of Tchum to see a friend, to get together, to shmuz, to hear how she's doing, she should hear how you're doing. That's called the Tzayrach Mitzvah. So the importance, we're Zayich, and this week, the Davka Maitche Shabbos Parshashkalim, that there should be such a gathering, and to launch even the gatherings of people coming together just even to schmooze together. That doesn't, I shouldn't even say even. Just people come together to schmooze, to encourage, to, to lift spirits. That alone's kedai, let alone that there's learning and, 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 and there's different Torah together. That for sure is something precious. I want to thank the Mishpachis. I believe it's the Gottlieb, famous as Gottlieb, the Zaslows. I want to thank these precious families 
that are organizing this idea and that have invited me. Chazak, chazak. Tremendous idea. Everything's vashkach. It's parashashkalim. When all of us remember we're part of the tzibur, so ever more precious. I had a topic I was going to talk about, but I want to go with Shkalom now. We're talking about Shkalom, so we're going to stay on Shkalom for a few minutes. This is, it's a topic very relevant to Shaduchim, Shkalom, and to a specific thing that's on my mind a lot that I want to share. A very practical, I don't want to say the word honest, you're only allowed to learn honestly, but something that's on my mind a lot, and I'm going to share it with you. I decided to share within, within the last five minutes of walking here. Let me share this with you. It says that Maish Rabbeinu was Niskasha. Maish Rabbeinu on Shkolem had some question. Shkolem seems very clear and simple. Every Yid gives a shekel, and from those Shkolem we buy the Karbonus Atzibur. Seems very clear cut, very... Not, no, not very mysterious. And yet, somehow, Maish Rabbeinu was niskasha. He didn't understand it. There was something that Maish Rabbeinu struggled with the Shkalim. And Hashem showed him, Hashem showed him a shekel. He showed him, it says, Zeh, Kazeh, Yitnu. Whenever it says Zeh in the Torah, the thing is right there, Zeh is Neichach. And it says, Kazeh, Yitnu. So Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu matbeya shel esh, a fiery coin, and said, "Kozayitnu, like this, you should give this fiery coin. You see a shekel, kozayitnu." And Moshe Rabbeinu understood it all. The two obvious questions, amongst many questions on this Chazal, but the two most obvious questions are: What did Moshe Rabbeinu understand? Give a shekel, very clear mitzvah. What didn't Maish Rabbeinu understand is question one. And question two, Hashem couldn't get a real shekel. Hashem showed him at Be'ya Shel Eish, a fiery shekel. Hashem, God, the Kiliyah Kesev, Eliyah Zav, Hashem owns all the money in the world. Hashem couldn't get a regular shekel. He's showing Maisha, Kazayitnu, like this. Now it doesn't say Zayitnu, give this. It says Kaze, like this. And the ka is because he didn't show him a shekel. He showed him a fiery shekel. God couldn't spare a shekel and show Maisha a shekel. He didn't show him. Showed him at Be'ya Shel Eish, a fiery shekel. What is that? What was Maisha Rabbeinu bothered by? And what was the fiery shekel? There's a tremendous beauty to things being different. I just, this Shabbos, this Shabbos that I'm coming from, so there were a lot of guests in yeshiva, and two guests asked to meet this afternoon after the suda. There was a few minutes in the suda and menchans. They asked to meet, and they were noticing that people are very different, an eclectic group, and they were like asking questions about a crowd that everybody looks different. And there's a tremendous preciousness that people are different. I like in shul by me, different people, different families with different... Different styles make different Kiddushim, and I think it's wonderful. From the fancy Kiddush to the simple Kiddush, and everything in between. It's so nice. Uniqueness, and everybody's <coughs> different, with different tastes, with different capacities, is a beauty of Yiddishkeit. 
We describe on the Yom Davine, we say, Ish Kivir Hashem. Each person brings according to the gifts that Hashem gave them. It's wonderful. Differences are wonderful. Everybody has their talents, their skill sets, their capacities. It's wonderful. And uniqueness, Beraiv Am Hadras Melech. It says a large nation, Hadras Melech, is the glory of the king. How large is large? There's an Indian to be part of a bigger minion, Lahalacha. Beraiv Am Hadras Melech. A large nation glorifies, how large? How large should it be? It's a very important question. The Mishnah says, Hamidu Talmidim Harbe, have a lot of students. I had somebody I was to run a Masifta with for seven years, and we used to argue, I would say, take in another. And he would say, it's too big already. And I'd say, the Mishnah, Hamidu Talmidim Harbe. He said, we're way past the Harbe point. So how do you know? Where's Harbi? Now there's a line all over Shas, Whenever you say something vague and you haven't been mefarish, so what's the user? It's not user appropriate. I don't know what you're saying. And if you say I have many Talmidim and you didn't tell me how many, so where do you draw the line and leaves open to big debate? So what, what's called many? And if you didn't explain anything, why did you say what you said? That's a line in Shas. Your words are given to different people's interpretation, and as such, what did you really teach? So what's Amidu Talmidim Harbi? And it's obvious to me that what it's saying is there should be different kinds. To me, the mark of a good Rebbe, Revolbu was one of the great Rebbeim in Klal Yisroh. Because all his students are different. His students, it's wild. You, it's, there are threads that run through Revolva's Talmidim, but it's incredible how different they are. It's incredible. He was minded Talmidim Harbe. The answer is that you should have many students is not talking about a number. It won't resolve an argument, two people, should we take the next one or not. It's not saying a number, but it's saying if there are five students, you should have five students. And if there are 10, there should be 10, and 30, and 1,000, there should be 1,000. Uniqueness. Talidim Harbe, and Biraiv Am is the same thing. The glory of the king is, is an eclectic group of servants, unique, different, such a wide range. The Melech shouldn't have one servant. Biraiv Am, Hadras Melech. With, with a great multitude is the glory of the king. And the Rav Am doesn't speak about how many, because it doesn't say a number, but it means unique, each one, with their own experiences, with their own journeys, with their own background, with their own struggle. The Rav Am, a large nation of unique people, Hadras Melech, glorifies the king. As such, the Shekel asked the following question, and perhaps Maisha was Niskasha had this question. The uniformity of the Shkalim, I can't prove to you Moshe was bothered by this, but I can tell you that I am. Why does, why does everybody give the same? Gosh. Everybody, to me, that's so opposite of Yiddishkeit. Everybody should give a shekel. The rich man should give millions. The poor man should give a little bit. Then everybody should give. According to the gifts of Hashem that they're given. That's all of Yiddishkeit speaks about that. 
Since when is there such a uniformity in giving for Karbanas Atzibur? Let each person give according to, according to what they have. According to their... I'm always fascinated in Shuma. As a din in Shuma. In Shuma the halacha is midaraisa. You can give to the kayin even a masha or drip. Midarabanan says that different categories. A giver should give one fortieth. A bainini one fiftieth. And a stingy person, 160th, that's so Yiddish, that's so, that's Tyra 101, different people should give different amounts. There's a carbon called the carbon oil of Up and down. Oil of recognizes a wealthy man brings a behemagasa. Middle class brings sheep and, and animals like that. And the poor person brings birds. Well, the middle of birds, the poor is a mincha, it's flower. That's the norm of Yiddishkeit, that they're different people with different capacities and bring you and bring what you can. And all of a sudden, by the carbon seber, everybody give a shekel. Strange. So strange. What type of collection is that? The Ashir can't give more, the Dal can't give less. Why? Very odd. And it's possible to me, I can't prove it to you, I know Moshe was Niskasha. Moshe Rabbeinu had a question on the shekel. I can't prove, and I do say that I have to study it better, because Tyre is given, Tyre says things exact. I wonder, and I have seen a safer suggest, but I'd like more evidence to this, but I've seen a safer already suggest that Moshe was bothered by this kasha. The uniformity of the shekel, what's going on here? That's what Moshe was bothered by. So the question then becomes, what did Hashem show him? Showed him a matbeya shel esh. The esh represents the machshava, the premius. Didn't show him a coin, he showed him a fiery coin. The esh represents the premius, the passion. So it's actually Gemara Babakam on this week's parasha. Darshan and Gapasaki say, say esh. The Gemara says, Be'esh Hashem destroyed the Besmish passion at sin. Be'esh ata'asad with naisa, with fire with passionate mitzvahs, with passionate servants, service of Hashem, he's going to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash. Eish represents the inner, the fire, the passion. Hashem shows Moshe Rabbeinu Matbeya Shel Eish. There's something very profound. When people are young, youngsters want to show an independence is a beautiful middah. I watch youngsters want to grow their hair in this way and that way. Wonderful, wonderful. Want to wear this style shirt and pants. It's excellent. They're expressing a reality, a powerful reality that should never be crushed. And the kid's expressing, I'm unique. How many guys have come to an interview and I'll tell them, I bet I know what went on and right before you got in the car. And the mom said, you're going like that? And the kids said, they have to accept me. How do you know? How do you know? Okay. <laughs> Shocking. That conversation, that conversation that the youngster is saying something, I'm unique. I'm unique. I'm not just the same as everybody else. Is a wonderful, natural self-expression. Youth have very powerful truths that are in them for good reason. And they're saying something, I'm unique. And it's powerful what they're saying. So I want to be unique and I want to express my uniqueness as one should. 
What happens as the years go on, and in youth it's expressed in external ways. The child lives in an external world. I always like the visual I have as little kids discover their feet. It's the cutest stage. But I was like, this Shabbos, this Shabbos, one of the Rebbeim had a youngster there. It's delicious, it's delightful to see little children. And they had a little baby, a little baby son. And it's just, I love little kids. And little kids discovering their, their feet is, is, is priceless. Thank you so much. Little kids discovering... Don't tell my wife and me that I stole. <laughs> she wouldn't mind. But little kids... <laughs> little kids discovering their feet is wonderful. And they grab it, they put it in their mouth, they don't know it's there, it's very interesting. That's the same as us adults. Us adults discover our primus when we're about 18, 19, 25, and 48. Somewhere in there, we start discovering our inner. We start discovering a whole other facet, the one who's insecure, the one who's just all the inner world that exists in us, that we continue. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's yard site was this week, and he spoke about das atzmachon, knowing yourself, self-awareness, being in touch with oneself, and there's a world that we start discovering an inner world. Who we really are, who's the me. And when we're younger, we've discovered our physical, that's what we know as me. And what we know as me should be unique. As we get older, the what is me becomes much more a world of pnim, an inner world that I discover as me. The uniqueness as we get older, we don't lose that drive for uniqueness. We don't lose that drive. It's interesting. I learned in the mirror for a number of years. It's a very black and white place. People come who don't know about our world. They call them like penguins. You come in there, it's black and white. There's usually like one fellow out of like a thousand wearing like a blue shirt. I always love that guy. Beautiful. He's so right. Unique. And he's screaming uniqueness. You want to give him a hug and... Slap and five, we need you. <laughs> and all of us need you. It's wonderful. First of all, some color is always good. And you're saying good. And then as we age, but the uniqueness is not expressed superficially. The uniqueness is, in our, is very internal. It's very pneumistic, the uniqueness. Each one's avayda. Each one, we have our own journey and our own story and our own challenges. And the uniqueness starts being expressed in a more internal way, less externally. And Hashem shows Moshe the Matbeah Shal Eish that leading a nation to express it more internally. The Matbeah Shal Eish represents that sometimes you'll even have an external similarity because you're trying to produce the internal differences. I don't want you to settle for an external point. I don't want you to say, well, look, I gave this. You see my uniqueness? No, 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 you're giving the same as the next person. So where do I get to express me? With your own journey, with your inner, with your own story, with that, with the point that others can't see so readily. With that which is not so apparent. So Hashem, uncharacteristically, if I may say, not typical of Yiddishkeit, says for the carbon seber, everybody give the same. Maish Rabbeinu's niskasha, what's going on? 
Aren't we supposed to be different? Don't we get different blessings? That Hashem shows him Matbeya Shal Eish. Matbeya Shal Eish means that which only God could see. He did not show him the coin. He showed him the, each one's journey in giving the coin, the thoughts, the story of this person coming to give a shekel, which was so unique, it was like worlds apart. Maishu Rabbeinu said there's nothing the same here. And Hashem said, I want the external same because I want to highlight what really is unique, the internal differences. The, the, the stuff inside, Matbeya Shal Eish, that's so unique by every single person. We are all unique and different. And the place of the inside, the pnim, the pnimiyistic of things that make us so different and so special and Hashem wants each one of us, our own story and our own journey is what Hashem wants. There's a song, I came to fall in love last year, Purim. I just fell in love with this song. I listened on Purim probably for over two hours to the song. I'd heard it at Bashkacha the first time in my life on Purim night. I was in a car and a bacher played this song. Purim day for probably about two hours. I was misbeining on this song. And there are words from the Megillah. We benched Chaydash Adah. There are words from the Megillah that for years have caught my attention. Mordecai says to Esther, Mi'aydeya, who knows? In Le'es Kezais, he got the Lamalchus. When Mordechai is appealing to Esther to risk her life for the Jewish nation, says, who knows? Mi'aydeya, who knows if this is why you're made queen? Who knows? And for years I was bothered by a very teenage way of saying it. This, I've heard guys talk like this. You think? Me, I did. Who knows? Of course, duh. <laughs> Who knows? Like you think maybe? Me, and bothered me for years. Me, I Who would talk like that? Of course, Esther. We all know. Does anybody here have a doubt why Esther is in the palace? Me, I who knows if this is what... <coughs> Esther, this we figured out. You know, you went through a lot. This is why you're here. We figured it out. No secret. He doesn't say that word. He says, Who knows? I said a little Hasidish because the song was Hasidish singer. Who knows? Who knows? So the Pshat, I always said Pshat. I always thought Purim's all about we know nothing. We don't know anything. And Hashem's running the world through Haman's cause, Tshuva. And we don't know anything. So I thought on the Yantiv that when Mevatel Ardas, Mordechai says, Mi idea, who knows? I don't know, Esther, I don't know. Maybe this is why you're here. It's a Yantiv of Bittel Ardas. Hashem's running the world. He's hiding. It's Hester. There's Hester, Hashem's hiding. So me, that's what I always thought the Mi'aydeh connected to. But this specific singer, he said a shot in his song. Because he said, Mi'aydeh Who knows if for this purpose is why you came? He says on all the challenges of our life, all the challenges, that we always wish to just push aside the frustrating challenges that frustrate us and upset us, and we just want to get past. We want to get past and through it and to the next stage. Who knows if I exist to deal with this challenge, the prayer that it brings, 
the faith that it brings, the friendship that it brings, the empathy that it brings. Who knows if the things that we're going through are why we're here. And he says in English, Yiddish, and Hebrew in this beautiful song, he says, who knows if the things you're going through are the reason why you're here. Me idea, who knows? And in the song he says in Yiddish, Hebrew, and English, he keeps saying, who knows if what you're going through is why you're here. Then he says, I know for zecher, I know for sure what I'm going through is why I am here. I can't tell you why you are here. To you, I have no right to tell you what a beautiful shot the singer said. He says, on me, I could say, he says, Fazikr, for sure. Vivadai in Hebrew, certainly in English, he sings the song in every language you can sing. And he says, I know my difficulties is why I'm here. I just can't tell you why you're here. So on you, it's me, I day. I have no right to create your narrative. I have no right. Me, I day. I have no right. Anybody who knows about, about life, a mother once asked me that why earlier don't you why earlier don't you help a youngster get in touch with their story? I have a belief that all eight billion people have a story. Every single person in this room, every, every has a story that would be dazzling. Every, every. There's no human being who doesn't have a story that's wild. That would be a bestseller. Everybody in the world would cry like a baby. No human being. Everybody in the world would cry like a baby, would go crazy from your honest story, not an exaggerated word. Every. There's no human being, no exception. It's only a question who knows this story and who doesn't. Who's in touch? Who our dad was? Who our mom? They're the best parents, the per. Their human dad, a wonderful tzaddik, a wonderful man, wonderful teachers, how it worked, what you went through, crazy stuff, crazy that would be people would lose their minds. Would absolute every human being on earth has a unique story. Has that's that's all of us. But you don't tell somebody their story. It's very very dangerous. You don't tell somebody their story very, because they'll never experience and feel it. I can meet a Bachar, I know his older brother, so I'm aware of details that maybe even he doesn't know. I might be friends with his parents and be aware of things. I might recognize him, he's young, he hasn't discovered his inner world. I will never tell him his story, he has to learn it. He has to feel it, he has to experience it. He has to feel his own story. Fast every truth is in our tire, every truth is in our tire. Me idea, Mordechai said, who knows? I'm not the one to tell you, Esther. Beautiful, pshat. Everything's in the tire. Everything, everything's in the tire. And Mordechai says, Tester, me idea, les kazais. If you would know every detail of your stories in the tire, by the way, your every nuance of your unique situation and mine too is in the tire. I want to tell you what Torah is, but I, I don't want to forget where we're going. I'm, this, is, this is an aside. I'm the guy who stopped at rest stops driving. We pulled over on the, on the merit we've pulled over right now. <laughs> There's the parish of Nasa Nishma. We're in the parish that end Kabbalah Satayra Yisrael Mishpatim. And what Torah is, by the way, what Torah is, most people, I think, you would think, and there's a truth to this, but it's not the full truth. Think there's a world. 
We have parents. We have friends. We have jobs. And the Torah so lucky. We have a guidebook. Tell us what to do. I'm not going to ask for hands. I suspect 90% of the ladies here assume that's what Torah is. It's a guidebook. I have my life. I wouldn't know what to do. It's a shoot. There's a Torah. I have parents. How do I treat them? A Torah. That's what I would say over 90%. You might word it uniquely, but in one way or another, you look at Torah as a guidebook. And that's a cool thing. As a world, I wouldn't know what to do. And thankfully, there's a Torah. So now I have, now I have. Everybody's giving blank face. I'm not going to ask you. Do, does this sound familiar to what we would consider Torah? I have two caches. I don't think that's what Torah is. I have two caches on that assumption. My two questions on that assumption is why did the angels want Torah? They don't have our world. The angels said you were upset when I, don't give it to the human being. Peches and Shabbos. That's weird. It's a guidebook to the world that they don't have, and yet they want the Torah. You don't need instruction how to ride the bike if you don't own a bike. Kasha 1. Kasha 2 is the Torah was created before the world. That's bizarre. Why have an instruction if you don't have the thing? And the Gemara says that the Torah was created before the world. That's very strange. If the Torah is a guide how to use the world, create Hashem's very fast. Quickly create the Torah. You have a world. Why make the Torah well before? And Chazal pointed out it was way before the world. What I believe Torah is, is a way to connect Hashem. It's iris. It's an ability to connect to Hashem and the opposite. The world was made, Rabbi Yerucham says like this. Rabbi Yerucham says, do you know why you have parents? Because the Torah says, so Hashem made it first in your parents to keep the Torah. That sounds at first like, what? What does that mean? Is that disrespect to my parents? Not at all. They're, they're eternal. We have parents because the world was designed so the human being could keep the Torah, can connect Hashem. Which means every unique situation that you encounter in the world is part of Torah. Everything unique to you is your possibility to connect Hashem. Everything's in the Torah. The Gemara asks, Haman minatar minalam. We need no Haman in Torah. Maybe he's not in the Torah. Maybe he's so crooked. No. Haman's in the Torah. The Gemara asks in Baba Kama these wise statements people make. The rich get richer. Where is it in the Torah? Maybe it's not. But anything, anything that exists in this world is in the Torah. To the point if you can't find it, it's an illusion. It doesn't exist. It's well in the Torah. So it's fascinating that this idea, me idea, that you shouldn't describe somebody's narrative to them, is in the Torah, me idea, that Mordechai doesn't want to tell Esther why he's there, why she's there. It's not one to tell another your story. He says, me idea, I'm suggesting it's your story. I can't tell you your story. But you should know this might be. One might guess this. You have to decide. So that's what this singer said, a beautiful pshat, in a chazal of me idea. But I want to share with everybody here about our own unique challenge, our own unique circumstances. I want to say that when we celebrate our own unique inner world and become secure people to our own unique places, the Matbeya Shel Eish, I want to tell you what this solves and I want to connect it to Shaduchim. 
we all of us, especially, especially in Isha, has a very healthy sense of protecting herself from from a husband, as we must, from, to make sure to choose with care the right man, to be very very careful appropriately. We don't want to be we don't want to be chayeh tulu yinolav, as Chazal say. And we want to make sure to pick somebody who's, who's, who's a good person, who's a gutta, who's a healthy human being. And that's 100% important and valuable and precious. Precious and important. Precious and important. That inner sense of being safe and making sure we are safe is so important and precious and, and a force that all of us have and need. And I'm not addressing that force. That's a very, very precious gift from Hashem. Very important gift that Hashem gave us all. I remember, I'll share, Rav Dan Segel says, if a story comes to your mind when you're speaking, you have to say it. It would be dangerous. I'd be sharing things about the Mets. It wouldn't be good. <laughs> this, my wife's not here. I remember going, yeah, my wife's saying, pull over. One time she said, pull over, middle driving. She said, are you sure you want to grow? I'll never forget it my whole life. Are you sure? She wanted to make sure. Are you sure you want to grow? Are you sure? And that precious sense of protecting who are you is very important. I'm not speaking about that. And I'm not trying to disrupt or disturb that because that is a very precious gift of Hashem. What I'm saying is insecurities are very dangerous. Elitism and insecurity. When people sense and look at externals, not the matbeya shalesh, not the inner, what's precious, what's real, what's valuable, and it creeps into shaduchim as well as other areas, deep insecurities, which they're all different insecurities when we don't appreciate sincerity, authenticity. Matbeya shalesh, the world of Pnim, it affects us. We try to imitate others. We try to do things to stand out because we don't appreciate our own inner beautiful world. So it affects us and in the world of Shaduchim. How many people looking for a trophy, looking for something superficial? Whoa, this one will. Instead of Matbeya Shal Eish, instead of that which is true, that which is authentic and that which is real. So much damage, so much is done. I'm going to share something. I don't know if I've ever publicly shared this. I don't know. But I want to share it tonight. My Zayda, before he was Nifter, asked me that he wants to speak, my grandfather. It was a beautiful Yid. He was a Yid who came to America at nine years old. At 13, he was learning in Taravidas, and he had to leave the Great Depression. Anybody who could work, his family would starve him. Shraga Feibel cried when he left Taravidas, my father told me. And he went, he went to work. And he told me, he told me, I was, I was 21, and he told me, you're going to start Shaduchim, and I want to speak to you about Shaduchim. He was Nifter shortly after. He never met my wife. And he said, I want to tell you about my story. And he said about his wife, his wife was a very classy, fancy person. And he described, she, was, she spoke at family simchas, my grandmother spoke. My Zayda was quiet. Tell me what happened. My bar mitzvah, my grandmother spoke. My Zayda didn't say a word. All my brothers, we have four boys. All the bar mitzvahs, my grandmother was well-spoken, excellent. She spoke. 
she was a, she was an orator and a wonderful outgoing person. And my Zaid was a very quiet man. And this is what he told me. He said, "Your grandmother said my wife could have chosen anybody in the world." He described on dates. It was a different age. He described people trying trying to get his the girl he's dating. <laughs> he described it to me in detail. He didn't exaggerate. Wasn't much of a talker. And he never told me this before. It was shortly before he passed away and she had already been Ifteris. And he said that my wife could have had anybody, which is a true, she was an outspoken, intelligent, sophisticated lady, and he called himself simple. And he said she could have gotten anybody. She said she chose me and I gave her, they were married over 50 years, tremendous marriage. He said I took care of, he said I took care of my wife. We have beautiful children, grandchildren, beautiful, huge mishpachim. He said, I beg you, don't fall for names and the like. Get somebody sincere, matbeya shalesh. He didn't say the words matbeya shalesh, but that's what he was saying to me. That's what my grandfather's advice on Shidduchim was. And I say to us all, this matbeya shalesh, that there's tremendous ramifications, repercussions, negative ones, a sense, an external sense of looking for funny things, for inappropriate things, when we don't have the inner security to value ourselves, our own journey is precious. How many boys, how many girls are hurt by this? Undervaluing of self and therefore looking for something that's, that's, that's just, that's not internal, that's not authentic, that's not precious and real. And it affects tremendous amounts. It affects, we have to, in our Avaida, somebody would ask me for Shaduchim, the first Avaida is to hold of oneself, first. But real, authentically, this is not new stuff. A person to profoundly hold of self, and then we could look and appreciate the Zulas, the next person. We won't look and silly. Elitism is something, it, it, it creeps into education, it creeps into all different areas of our life in Shaduchim as well. And there's a world of matbeya shalesh, of people valuing that which is deep, that which is true, that which is authentic, matbeya shalesh. There's a beautiful world of the karbanis zebra that everybody's karban externally, everybody gives a shekel. And what's unique is each person's story behind the shekel. It's not external things. It's not something everybody goes and it looks the same. It's not something that's showy. It's not something the neighbor will know anybody. Just you know about the ish. Just you know. It's, it's authentic and it's real and it's precious and it's important. And you know about it and God knows about it. When you're secure in that place, when you're secure in that place, your own preciousness, we're all precious. All of us, all of us, all of us are big, are very, very big. We're souls. Just under, This is not new stuff that we're in the Shama. That's a fact. Everybody here, every morning says, Eloikai, Neshama Shenesatabita, we're a soul. All of us, all of us. I, was, I, I met with a group of Kira professionals this past week, a whole bunch of guys in Yeshiva and a culinary team. After a number of years, I wanted to speak, and I wanted to speak to these people I'm close to. I'm going to go do Kirov. And I said, at the point you think they're Rechaikim and you're Kirov, I don't want to hear about Kirov. 
There's not a guy in yeshiva, there's not like we're the fixed guys here and broken. We're all very fixed and very broken. We're all very fixed. All I see are souls. I don't know who's big or small. I have no idea. I don't have such eyes. We don't know. We, we don't know. We can't be pretend people. I don't, they're not, there's not like a chenuch system for like the broken one, the fixed one. Who has those eyes? Who here? You know which soul is what? You're talking about souls. You know what a soul is and a shama? Is a chelak elekami mal mamish. You're talking about big stuff. That's you and I. Big stuff. Big stuff. I saw an advertisement. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. And they should sell and make money. Excellent. They said, how can we help them? Like, help us help them. I'm trying to figure out who them is. <laughs> I don't know any them in the world. I only know us. There's no them. I know us, a nation of souls. I know us. Understand your precious. Understand it. It's not a, it's, it's a chumra, not a kulu. Understand you're a fiery soul. You and I put down. We don't have a system to evaluate bigger souls. You're a soul. A soul is chelak alakami mal. Of course, there's a journey and a mission on this earth. And we have a unique expression. Each of us have a unique journey to the situation our soul was put in. The family, the friends, the community, unique. When we understand our essential preciousness, and then we appreciate our own unique aspects of our journey, the own unique struggles, unique successes, the uniqueness of our own journey, the matbeya shal esh, the inner world of our own struggle, our own connection to Hashem, and that becomes precious to us. We become so powerful. We're able to see good in others. The biggest trick to seeing good in others, there is no aids to see good in others if you don't know how big you are. You have to see good in yourself, appreciate with our struggles, with the challenges. Each soul is designed with unique challenges here. See good in self and then see good in others. It will happen. You'll see good in others. From that place, you'll be able to choose and appreciate and get married to somebody, a wonderful person who's authentic and real. It won't be about what shows up to others. You'll be much more confident than that. You'll be much more premious than that. It won't be about the external, everybody's giving the same shekel. It won't be what you're trying to show. You're good and good enough. And so will he be and so will she be. From that place, we'll choose something so authentic and real. That which is premius, that which is authentic, that which is valuable, and can't be shown to anybody else. This, this, this idea of Mahsus HaShekel, this idea that the external uniformity, the external is not what we're showing as part of the Tzibur. And certainly we're all unique. We all have a unique ish, a very unique ish. That unique ish is precious and valuable. What Hashem wanted. I want the matbeya shal ish. It's not the external thing I was trying to collect in the tzibur, Hashem says. It's not that which you can assess. He's worth this. She's worth that. She's up here. It's not, you can't assess it. You're all giving a shekel to the carbon tzibur. In making up the beautiful picture that's the tzibur of Klal Yisrael, you can't assess it. We're all a shekel. It can't be assessed. The tzibur is made up of a whole bunch of matbeya shalesh. 
something that only God could see and know about and give some sense for each one. They're all valuable and precious. Bring your own matbeah shalesh. Take your own story and your own journey and serve Hashem with authenticity, with sincerity, and with security, knowing I'm giving my matbeah shalesh. The next person can't, has no capacity. My Rabbeinu couldn't measure it. To the human eye, it's a bunch of yidin, precious yidin. And there's uniqueness, a unique story, unique journey. I wanted to share this specifically. It's relevant to all facets of life. It's relevant. Our chinuch would look different. We would have more. We, uh, we would knock a lot of elitism out. With chinuch, we're not talking about chinuch. Now we're talking about shidduchim. We would choose something very powerful and true over that which appears. My Zayda's message to me. Your grandmother could have had a lot of types of... Sh- Every yid is a precious yid. And of course, the natural making sure we're in good hands. But it will be that which is real and authentic, sacrificing that what it appears, what the locals are going to say, what another... That's that, you're trying to give more than a shekel. You're trying to do that which is recognizable, but you're not focusing on matbeah So I wanted to share this idea with everybody here on the Machsa Shekel, and I say to us all, in our own journeys, we all have a wonderful story designed by Hashem. Get in touch with your story. Each one of us, in our own story, be Mekad Hashem Shemayim, B'Rayv Am Hadras Melech. And the Atzibra is made up of all the different stories, all uniquely serving Hashem, celebrating each other, encouraging the next one, and appreciating your own story. It's interesting, we started tonight joining a tzibur. A shekel is a part of a tzibur. Rev Hirsch has a long piece of tzibur. And the Reivam Hadras Melech, like we're describing, a tzibur is a whole bunch of people, but unique. And a uniqueness that's not always accessible and available for us to measure and size up. It's Matbeya Shalesh. But each one of us that knows our own story and is in touch from that place, bring your coin. From that place, serve Hashem. It's valuable to Hashem and precious. That's the first message I want to share. I don't know what time, what time this is supposed to go to. I have another topic I want to talk about. If there are any questions on this topic, nobody has to ask. If anybody wants on this topic, we can answer a couple of questions. We'll hear some questions and not answer them. If anybody wants on this topic, if not, I'll go on to another topic. No questions is excellent. Huh? Well, I thought the fact that everyone said we shouldn't all be exactly the same. Like Hashem didn't make us all to be robots. Correct, yeah. So, like, that, that always bothered me. Like, you know, we're not all supposed to be the same on the outside. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I am not pushing for external the same. Hashem, it's interesting, made our pure... Our physical's not the same either. <laughs> So clearly Hashem didn't even want an external uniformity, and I agree with that. I think here there was a specific place of external uniformity to bring out that which is internally different. So I think it's good to have external differences, and clearly Hashem wanted that by making us externally different. And that's why Maisha was like, whoa, here all this. I think sometimes you'll have an external same because you want to bring out internal differences. So once in a while, you and here, by the carbonat Atzibur, Hashem wanted us to know you don't know the other person. 
So here he made a specific external the same, but I agree with you fully. They were not supposed to be externally the same either, not at all. I just, over here, surprisingly, Hashem made external the same to make sure that we acknowledge that the main differences are places we don't see and can't access. So in the carbon seed, Hashem made you all giving the same and bringing out Matvei Hashalish. But it's true, the external differences are there and supposed to be there. There's always like a battle. There are times, there are takanas, everybody has to make the same chasna. And these are das taira, there are cases, exceptions, and it's definitely not the standard halacha. That's in a case of need, there's a reason. And maybe there you're bringing out something. You're right, though, the external is supposed to be different. You're 100% right. That's, that's true, that's the truth. That's why it's so schwer here. And Hashem's bringing out, bringing out that which is unique. I'm specifically pushing because our inner story is so different to, to live that inner story, to care that inner story. I think it produces secure people. My own story, my own journey, I appreciate it. I celebrate it. I, I value. Somebody came to me, a girl came and asked if she can meet. I have a friend who's very smart and it's good for my esteem because sometimes the only way to get them is through me. So somebody wanted to meet Rabbi Sunshine and said, can I meet you and Rabbi Sunshine knowing I can get a hold of the Baruch Hashem. So a girl came to meet us and she asked us about what she should share. She had a unique story and she said, how much do I tell a guy and when do I tell a guy my story? Very honest and good question. And in her telling over, she told us her story. What we both detected is that well before what she should tell him, which is an important question, is what does she tell herself? And I very much felt that she was not comfortable with her own story. And I wanted her well before what you tell somebody else is Hashem designed your story. There's a place even, it's, you're sharing not a, a bad secret, you're sharing something precious and awesome, how somebody got somewhere, what somebody's process, what somebody's journey that was designed by Hashem. And I felt well before it was analyzed what to tell him is what do you say to yourself. Do you celebrate? Are you proud? Doesn't mean you announce it. Doesn't mean you tell everybody. But it means it's, it's a place that you're happy about. But certainly, certainly, the externals are not supposed to be the same. We find hither mitzvah. There's many cases where we're unique. So you're right on that. Here, there was a specific place to bring out, not be'ashalesh, to bring out that lesson. I really should leave it. Everybody should sing the song. I, I'm always reluctant. I'm very reluctant that a speaker could speak and rattle off ideas, and the only thing they taught is that the speaker is smart. And that's not a good thing to teach. It's not an important thing to learn how smart the speaker is or isn't. And Rev. Miller always, I appreciated Rev. Miller. He said very, he didn't say tons, but we walked away with something. So I appreciated that, what Miller did, that he taught us one point. So it's always important to me, after something's studied, after something's learned, not to just run and, where, where are you going? Where are you running? By the Bali Musa, they would pause. People would talk over. People would think it over. Not running and lumping ideas together. But I want to share something else tonight. We won't, you know, we can't, we, this is what we could do right now. So I want to share another point tonight. I thought if you asked, I appreciate the question, gave, it's, it's a good question and gave us time to pause, but let's get to another topic for a few minutes.
instead of going instead that two, that two that two things instead of going to a totally new topic, I'll segue more closely to that, not to break. This way, we're still on knowing our inner story. I'll stay on knowing our inner story. I'll tell you a verse from Tzadik Hakoyim that it's worth it. Everybody came tonight. This idea from Tzadik is is electric, is magical. On knowing your own inner story, this from Tzadik's kiddai. So it's on the parsha. Then we'll see if we go to the other point or not. But let me let me share something on knowing our own inner story. We talk about Matbeah Shalesh and the inner story. So let's talk about this with Tzadik. The Pasuk in this week's parasha says not to pain in Alman of Yasim, a widow or an orphan, Loisanun. It's an Isser Daraisa to pain in Alman of Yasim. It's an Isser Daraisa to pain anybody. Rashi says, Dibra Kasavahiva. The Torah ty- speaks about that which is the most common. But it's an Isser Daraisa to pain in Almana or Yasim. Says the Torah, listen to this Pasuk. The Pasuk says, if you pain, pain them. Says the Pasuk. If you pain, pain in Almana and Yasim. It says, And they scream, scream to me. I'll listen, listen to their voice. Hear this Pasuk? If you pain, pain in Almana and Yasim. Don't do that. Because if they scream, scream, I'll listen, listen. Fascinating person. Double speak, redundancy all over the person. What is that? Not to pain, pain them? Because if they scream, scream, I'll listen, listen. <laughs> You'll laugh where this pasuk is, is the coolest thing. This redundant pasuk, guess what? Is in Parak Chafbe's pasuk? Chafbe's. That's cool. And Chafbe's is 2-2, two, two, by the way. Two, 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 two is all the pasuk of twos. Cool. That's where it is. It's parach of days, pasach of days, and quite the redundant pasach. That if you pain, pain, amana and yasim, and they scream, scream, I'll listen, listen. What's happening? Says your tzaddik akayim like this. There's a basic process every human being should do. In learning our inner world, we have to identify feelings, identify them. We have to validate what we're feeling. If I'm jealous, call yourself out, you're jealous. Jealous. Somebody had success, I'm jealous. Validate the feeling. Don't beat yourself up. You're human. God made you that way. It's human to be jealous. No problem. Validate the feeling. Validate it hard. Don't no shame. This is what I'm feeling. And then talk back to it. That's the three steps. Identify, validate, and talk back. The simple three steps. Comes in Yeshiva, a Rebbe was upset at a Bachar and Literally, they're closed for a long time. He went like this to the bacher. But he said, Yankee. And he like gave him a little patch. It wasn't hitting him. And he wasn't. The bacher was angry for one week that he talked to the Rebbe. So step one, I'm mad. Step two is validation. Nobody's a right to touch. I don't care how light. Nobody's a right to touch me. Step three is to say, you know, we're close for a long time. He wasn't angry. He didn't hurt me. So there's three steps. There's another question. For that, you were upset for a week, and it could be. You're allowed. You're allowed. But there was something. It turned out this Bacher did his three steps and asked himself, I'm so upset. It turned out in second grade, a Rebbe embarrassed him in front of the whole class and hit him. It was physical. And it was like a very low point of his life, a tremendous shame. 
And he chapped that when this Rebbe went like this, when he's older, it triggered that. Says Reb Tzadok, amazingly, says Reb Tzadok, if you pain, pain in Almana and Yasin, somebody cuts on a line, a busy bakery cuts in Almana, she feels the pain of her husband dying again. You pain, pain her. You cut her online, but by you cutting her online, she says, if I had a husband, he would have shot today. If I had a husband, when I went home, he would be mad along with me. Somebody did to me, I can complain to him. And she re-feels the pain of losing her husband. Somebody hurts a yassam, makes fun in the basketball court of the yassam. He, he has the pain of being made fun of on the court. That doesn't feel good. But he also loses his dad again. If my dad would have played more ball for me, I would have been better. I'd go home and tell my dad what I, went, what I just went through. I'd actually be a cooler kid and wouldn't be so picked on. And you pain, pain a yassam. You have the pain of what he goes through and the deeper pain of what that pain triggers. So you pain, pain a yassam. He cries, cries. He cries for the pain and cries for the deeper pain. And I listen, listen. That's what Tzadik brilliantly says, Peshat the Pasuk. Besides being a Pasuk, I, I, I try to learn this with the dorm councils yearly. That if there's a Bachar who's been through trauma or anything, understand that you're being a drip tough. Understand your pain painting. That you're joining somebody who is incredibly tough. This person may have faced, may have been, somebody may have embarrassed and shamed. And when you do a little bit, you are triggering, you understand your pain painting. And he'll cry, cry, and Hashem will listen, listen. So the very lesson of the Pasuk is, is powerful in our behavior towards the next person understanding that. And equally in the sugi of learning ourselves, understanding the sugi of pain, pain. That when we feel something, is it triggering something deeper? The asking of ourselves. As a self-awareness, understanding if there's a pain, pain, so I can feel that also and process that also. And I'll cry, cry, and Hashem will certainly listen, listen. But Rabbi Yisrael spoke to us about self-awareness, knowing oneself, being aware of pain, pain. But the Torah is describing this inner world, this deeper world of pain, that the external pain, maybe that's showing and bringing back. And even in a healthy way, this guy, when he was hit and he cried, you should know, was tremendously healing. A kindness of Hashem, when he identified the pain, pain, he was able to cry, cry, and heal, heal for both things. So this double lush of the tire, incredible double lush of tire that teaches us about a super emotion, if you will. The pain, pain, and the cry, cry, that's, that a person could cry sometimes for something deeper and heal for something deeper is an incredible pasuk in the tire that I wanted to share with everybody here. I wanted to close with, with one final sugya, it's a group getting together, so I wanted to close with the final sugya. I wanted to speak about covering for a few minutes. In the parasha, there's an amazing kasha that I don't, I don't have the answer yet, but I want to tell you where my mind went. Questions are engines. When you have questions are wonderful and they drive us to places. This question drove me somewhere. I don't have an answer. We're going to close with this. It's 10.02. We made it by 10, 10, 10, 15, we'll finish. I want to close with this. In the parasha, it says three, three psukim are put back together. It says if one 
Chas v'shalom hits the parents. Maisiyum aschayiv misa. If one kidnaps, one kidnaps somebody, chayiv misa. And then it says, if one curses one's parents, chayiv misa. The Rishonim, Ramban, Rashi, yes, that the psukim with parents should have been next to each other. Why did it interrupt? One hits a parent in the Einesh, one kidnaps, one curses a parent. Why weren't hitting and cursing next to each other? And the Rishonim answer that for hitting the parent and kidnapping, the Einish is the normal Chi of Misa, which is Chalek. And for cursing a parent, the Chi of Misa skila. And what emerges is something wild. And this is the halacha that is a worse Einish for cursing Chas a parent than hitting a parent. A secular person would be shocked at our Torah. That it's worse cursing a parent than hitting a parent is wild. Anybody, I think, would guess that hitting is a worse, is a worse thing. And yet the Einish, that's an open mission in Sanhedrin, that the Einish, Skilas, far worse Skilas, a very rare Einish. And the Einish would be Mikalal, the parent is worse than the Einish for striking is amazing. That Kasha, anybody could think about, there's what to think about there. I want to share the, there's three aspects to keep it out the end. There's an action. Stand up when a parent walks in. Serve a parent in action. I went to the great Mir Rosh Hashiv. I wanted to be all from. My parents were coming to Eretz Yisrael. So I said to Reb Nassim Svi Finkel that maybe I shouldn't go. There's preachers in the airport. I'll never forget he put his arm and he said, don't be a baby, go. <laughs> so he said to me, that was beautiful. He wasn't being mean. He was very sweet whispering. He put his hand right here. He said, don't be a baby, go. <laughs> you greet your parents. Mitzvah Your parents come. You greet them. Mitzvah In action, we can serve our parents. deeper In words, there's a way we speak. We don't contradict the parent. It's not true. That's not what happened. Mom, Dad, you're wrong. We don't contradict the parent. So there's deeper there's, there's ways of speech to a parent that has to be very appropriate respect. And then there's b'machshava up here. Up here means the hold of your parents. Nothing to do with what you say to them. The machshava to hold of them. To hold of your parents, to look up. The Chayadim writes that the Ikara Kibbut is the machshava. The main obligation is up here. It's to hold of them, Chashev. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz would beg his Talmidim. I read this from Reb Elia Weintraub. He would beg his Talmidim. I've heard this from others as well. Most recently I read it from him. Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz would beg his Talmidim to think of one thing about their parent. When they think, Mom, there's an Ikuda and a Midah that they think about that they're dazzled by Mom. Some Midah she has when I think, Mom, I think of that attribute. When I think that, a certain attribute that makes us Nishtaymim, amazed by our parents. The Iker Kibbut is the Machshava. is up here how we think. That's the Iker Kibbut of Kibbut Aveim, is the Machshavah, up here. I think knowing that's the Iker Kibbut might be a path. It's certainly, when I thought about breaches of Kibbut Aveim, and I thought that striking is not as much as being Mikalo, it all depends what is Kibbut Aveim to know what's the biggest breach. And it might help us in deciding why Mikalo is worse than hitting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I am sure that the Chayadah brings from Kadmainim, that the Iker of Kibbutz Adeim is B'machshavah. And Kavay, the Iker is B'machshavah. 
I want to say that one of the first questions we're asked after 120 is him did you make your friend a king? Did you respect your friend? It's one of the first questions after 120. I want to say that Kavayd, Iker Kavayd, what we learned from Kibbut Aveim, is B'machshava. Kavayd doesn't mean not to say mean things. That's Ainas Dvarim. Kavayd means to hold them, the next person. Maybe the greatest thing we can give to the next person is to be Mechabi. Being Mechabi is not a speech is important. It will reflect in speech. It will reflect in the world of Misa. But it stems from the world of Machshava. And we're asked after 120, did you, did you treat your friend like a melech? Did you respect your friend? I think to me, like the biggest revolution that gets me fired up, and we spoke the first thing about self-respect, holding, understanding our own value, what we're souls and precious, our own unique story, and finding it precious, and seeing precious in the next person, I think we need desperately a revolution of covet. But real covet, not external. I once told a Rebbe, the Rambam says that a Rebbe is mechoyev to be mechabi his student. It's a Rambam, Hilchus Talmatayr, Perakei Alachia Gimel. It doesn't mean external. Iker covet demachshav. And the Rambam says a teacher is obligated to respect his student. And you sound very liberal when you speak about that. People think you're out of your mind. Kids have to respect their parents, of course. But who can we ask to start the revolution of COVID? If people are respected, there'll be bailam of COVID that they can share it also. And in starting a revolution of COVID, it has to start somewhere. And a Rebbe, a teacher, being Mechabi, the student. Rev Hirsch writes that the bedrock of education, the basis, the base of Chenuch is COVID. Everything you could build on that, that you respect the person. I will never, ever, ever impact somebody I don't hold of. Ever. Ever. You can't impact somebody you don't hold of. There's a Chayvah Salvabas I love studying, and this is the topic we're ending with. The Chayvah Salvabas says that there was a Chassid who was an Adon Ledeirei. Literally, it means a ruler of his generation. There's a lot lost. The Chayvah Salvabas was written in Arabic. And the translations are difficult. I assume he was saying that this chassid said he was a manig. He was a teacher and leader of his generation. And he said, how did I impact generation? He said, because I never met a person that I didn't look up to more than myself. I saw things bigger than myself. And we need a revolution of covenant, of seeing greatness in others. You have to hold of yourself. To respect somebody else, if you put yourself down, you don't realize you're precious. So the step one is understanding you're precious. That's just the truth. It's a fact. From there to be mechabed, the next, b'machshavu. It's not what you say, ikr kavah is b'machshavu. I want to say in a group coming together to meet, in a group coming together to learn, that let's go out and be mechabed each other. But real, b'machshavu, b'machshavu. The impact we can have on the next person is because we're mechavid them, but real, because we hold to them and respect and appreciate and value. The main impact we have on everybody around us is how we see them. If we could see them in a positive light by focusing on mindless, by appreciating, by appreciating the preciousness that is the zulas, that's the ikr chiv of kibra ve'em, is b'machshavah, is up here, to see them as nechpadei aretz, the most chashavah people, 
you haven't met in your life. By folk, it's not a challenge because people are souls. Find a mile and see it. When we're supposed to be mechabit our friends, find a mile, focus on a mile. You have to see good in yourself. You have to practice any of these exercises. If we, if we are busy with our flaws, we'll see flaws in others. So we have to see good in ourselves. It has to start here. See good in ourselves and then respect the next person. Respect your friend. Respect your students. You see students, when you see them as precious, you impact from that place. It's difficult sometimes. Usually it's easy if it's hard work till you see it. Fight till you see it, but not what not you say it. Not you say, Oh, you're amazing, till you like till you can't handle how precious the person is. You're you're an ishtaimim and work till you see it. Be mechabed the next person. The biggest impact we can have around us is by respecting the next person. Our own families, the biggest impact. How many of us want to impact a brother, a relative? The biggest impact is to respect. But it can't be pretend that's what's so challenging. So it takes liking yourself, respecting yourself. You can't look with those eyes. Our own insecurities get in the way. We have to hold the self by force. And then we could see goodness in others, precious. We could be mechabed the next person. And we give each other covered, real covered. We're mechabed, we'll lift up. We'll lift up, we'll lift up the next person. We'll have a massive impact. It's not a coincidence the greatest impactor in history of Ram was an ayin toiv, he saw good in others. So let us all be mechazik. There's a group, we got together, might say Shabbos, to learn. This is, it looks like an easy group to be mechabed. But even you have somebody difficult, and we all know you meet somebody, could be difficult to be mechabed. Could be somebody difficult. Work till you see it. Work till you see it. Work, work. The work is in two venues. You have to, some people, the hardest ones, you have to work harder on holding of yourself. I've seen it. The hardest one, you have to hold of yourself so stark that you're a soul that you can appreciate them. And you have to work harder on seeing their mindless, not, not letting superficiality and nonsense get in the way. But if we could be mechabit each other, what an impact, the greatest impact. People will be and become what you see. People will rise up and, and they'll see what you see. So all of us should be zeichet to see our own milus, to appreciate our own stories, to value that which is authentic and real, that which is inside. And then celebrate that which is precious on the next person. We won't fall for silliness, elitism, things that are only speak about superficiality. We'll be zeichet, everybody here should be zeichet to find the right shidduch, a wonderful, wonderful shidduch. Yeah. Precious, precious, build beautiful homes. Children, grandchildren, gesund, with good health, with good engagement, with good enrochnias. We should celebrate Simchas. This organization that they're starting should be Matzliach. We should come together, all of us, to give each other chizuk. And of course, to study Hashem's Torah. Agotavach, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Be careful saying no. This is the lion for that. Thank you. Thank you very much for organizing. Thank you so much for coming.